Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Richard Porter. This is Smith & Sniff, the podcast in which two friends talk about cars and also your letters. Look, I know we very rarely get to actually uh, read out the letters from listeners that we get, uh, which is rude, frankly. Most weeks I have some letters, your emails. Letters? <laughs> emails queued letters. up. From the listeners. Uh, I have a few telegrams from the listeners queued up, uh, but, uh, and we never get round to them. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. It's, it feels like there's a bit of a backlog. Um, that was a massive should, backlog. I, 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 I thought I'd kick off this stuff. particular episode of Smith & Stiff with a real letter from a real person called Ross. And Ross, <laughs> Ross sent this absolutely amazing uh, email. Here we go. Dear Richard and Johnny, I was excited to hear that you are potentially looking into a high-level discussion around magicians' cars. Yeah, we were, weren't we? We never quite got around to it. Because well, um, we talked about it when we weren't recording, I think. It had come up in conversation for reasons I Oh, is that what it was? I think it was remember. about David Copperfield's motors or... Uh, yeah. Was it? I can't. That's the thing. I can't remember how we got there, but it was one of those ones that happened Siegfried in real and Roy life. White Rolls Royce spec. And oh, I know because we were. T- yeah, I remember because weren't we talking about? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I, that that weird we thing were, a few years ago when we got a leaflet through the door like a flyer, you know, the kind you'd get for a local curry house or pizza place, and, but it was for a local magician. Oh, that's right. And yes, it really weirded me out. And you um, kept it. <laughs> yeah, and. So, yes, we were going to talk about magicians' cars, and I think we sort of alluded to it on the show, but then we didn't talk. Didn't have quotes from famous people on it, like, I can't believe, I don't know how the frig he did that by Jason Statham. One of them was, I can't remember who it was, because they were quite famous people as well, like Andrew Lloyd Webber and Chris Martin from Coldplay, but with photos yeah, like shock this photos, guy like with them. So yeah. unless he was very good at Photoshop, it suggested it was all legit, but... I think like, one of them said, get out of here. And I always thought you could read that in, in various different tones of voice. What, like he took a selfie without permission? And then well, yeah, because it's like, obviously the quote underneath the photo, get out of here. Get you out know, of like, here. Oh, I can't believe what an amazing magician you are, but it could be read as get out of here. Just go away. Leave me alone. By Andrew I'm Lloyd eating. Webber. Yeah. And there was another one. The quote was, I can't remember who this was. It might have been Chris Martin from Coldplay. It said, I'm not going to sleep tonight. But again, you could read it as, how did you get in here? Yeah. I'm not going to sleep tonight. What, like he went, he got up for a four in the morning piss and suddenly and there's, there's a magician, a magician, magician in the bathroom. going, listen, pick any card. You go, dude, I'm, you're in my house. What's going on here? Uh, did you leave the bathroom window open last night? Yeah, I did. Why? It was hot. Is that a problem? Yeah, a fucking magician got in there. <laughs> and just- there's a magician in the ensuite. Don't go in there. <laughs> He's he wearing one of those sort of worryingly baggy suits where you think, mm. oh, hang on, there's no need for it. There's quite so much excess fabric unless he's trying to squirrel stuff away. Yeah. So I'm immediately, I'm immediately <laughs> suspicious of him. So I mean, people, who has such a loose cuff? 
people who would be good as magicians would include Michael Jordan and his Chicago Bulls teammates from the <laughs> 90s, who, as we know, had the baggiest suits in all of history. Oh, a, a, a basketball um, awards ceremony suit. I mean, you could go, listen, in one of my hands, I've got a polar bear. Have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let me ask you this. Is this your car? Where the hell did that come from? Did you have that up your sleeve? Oh, my God. No wonder you need so many folds of linen. Open my jacket. In the left-hand pocket, I've got a BMW motorbike. In the right-hand pocket... (laughs) A branch of boots. I've got a Harley Davidson live wire. You guess. Which one's in which pocket? I've got no idea, Michael. I've seen no idea. What is with all this flowing fabric? It's just ridiculous. Anyway, look, I was supposed to start a letter. We've already trashed it. Sorry, yes. Dear Richard and Johnny, but this is from Ross Ross Clow or, or Clo. I was excited to hear you potentially talking uh, high-level discussions around magicians' cars. Although not technically a magician, I did encounter a highly agitated clown driving quite an interesting vehicle. While driving back from university one evening, circa 2002, I ended up following in behind a Bedford rascal moving at a very slow rate down a narrow residential street. My assumption was that this was probably a delivery driver looking to handbrake coast to a halt outside a property to execute a quick drop-off. Good observation, Ross. Being a busy guy... uh, that I was I must admit I did become a bit agitated at this slow pace so I hit the driver with a cursory toot of the horn to indicate there was a queue starting to form my interest was peaked though when out of the driver's window a slightly oversized white gloved hand indicated its annoyance (laughs) at me in the form of a wanker gesture (laughs) (laughs) needless to say I retorted with my own hand gesture and a silent mouthing of fuck you Mr. Rascal, as I didn't um, refer to him then, (laughs) proceeded to accelerate aggressively using all 970cc towards a mini roundabout, making a violent swing at the wheel to make a full 360 turnaround. Mr. Rascal's Rascal succumbed to its (laughs) chode-like... chode-like tall-as-it-was design feature and began to tip over onto its left side. While I did find this shocking... I was even more shocked to see a fully made-up clown staring. <laughs> a fully made-up clown staring accusingly back at me in the final throes of the disaster. <laughs> Red nose, chalk white face. I assume this was makeup, not not terror causing this. Red wig, novelty-sized gloved hands included. Ultimately, the poor rascal did complete its collapse onto its left-hand side, at which point the rear door popped open and all the accessories of a professional children's entertainer spilt out onto the road. And in the case of the balloons... Sorry, and in the case of the balloons, floated gracefully skyward like some kind of clown (laughs) distress signal. (laughs) Being the good Samaritan that I am only after briefly uh, planning to drive on. I pulled over and I ran to retrieve poor Coco from this mess. Fortunately, he was not injured, but he did proceed to verbally abuse me, using every profanity under the sun for, as he puts it, harassing him into an accident, UFing C. <laughs> 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 
naturally, the police were called to resolve the issue, and I was let off with no charge and no warning, but the sight of Mr Clown agitatedly describing the situation to the cops while still still fully made up has stayed with me forever. It did turn out that he'd been late for an engagement at a children's party and had been driving slowly to try and identify the correct house to arrive at before our paths crossed. The moral of this story is that a Bedford Rascal slash Suzuki carry would be a shite magician's car, particularly if they have a heavy right foot, possibly oversized (laughs) shoes were a contributing factor in this case. Uh. Please feel free to use this story as you see fit. It certainly made me chuckle. Best regards, Ross. Oh my word what a great letter wow ah so clown road rage clowns in tumbling rascals i mean wow i love the glove the gloved hand out the window the gloved hand the balloons it's (laughs) the only thing that could have made that story better (laughs) is if when when he went to help nine other clowns somehow got out of the wreckage of the rascal but in but they all got out in a really jolly way like they did forward rolls and like jazz hands <laughs> well yes forward rolls and tumbling and lots of japery but also a bit pissed off abusing ross effings <laughs> an effing <laughs> Ah, that's just so good. You you caused me to have an accident, you effing C. Um, oh, God, that's really tickled. I don't, I don't uh, know how we are going to top that, but I feel like we should read out some more. Let's, I'm let's, just gonna, let's do now, some. I've, I've gone straight to the new email account. Hello at smithandsniff.com, which is oh, where have emails... You? to us it should now be sent yeah i feel like you know when you let a situation build up to a point where there's no there's no going back it's like we've, we've had so many messages the old thing which we've never read read out and i've tried to reply to as many as i can i know you've replied to some as well but it feels like there's lots that we've cruelly ignored and they are really good and um i just I, don't know where to start i've, so I've still I've, got I've the still old account. The account i've got the old account so well if, you if you can find some wants to read out from the old um, account i'll just because i know you can't get into the new one at the moment so. no i've been locked out uh, got- i'm gonna start with one from dave mole do it who says hi both on the subject of elderly people in fast cars as mentioned on the latest podcast my 78 year old grandma who's had a string of hot hatches in the last 15 years including two civic type r's what ep3 and fn2 and two polo gti's has wow. just had her second hip replacement this past weekend, so thought it best to get rid of her latest GTI. She's just ordered a brand new T-Rock R. I'm really? the primary reason is because it's ever so easy to get in and out of, you know. That's an, a reference. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering whether uh, one of those Civics had intolerably intoler- stiff suspension. Is that the cause mm. of the damaged hip, do we think? <gasps> I don't know. Well, I mean, I, mean, I don't want to point fingers at Mugen and the lads, but um, <laughs> what, Mugen and the lads. <laughs> that sounds like a really bad dance troupe, doesn't it? But you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, what yeah. one of them? I remember reviewing it, thinking it's just too much. It's too hard. Yes. And there's no other settings. Yeah. Um, Dave also says in his message on a separate subject. A couple of weeks ago, I had a dream that Johnny gave me a Citroen C6 with a boot so large it had a separate compartment where he kept Alan Partridge. What? <laughs> I mean, that's so... That's so odd. I, 
I wrote back to Dave. I've already written back to Dave on this email, and I said to him, "I don't, you know, normally other people's dreams aren't that interesting because they're dreams. It's like it's, of course, they're bizarre, but that really made me laugh." <laughs> There's an Alan Partridge compartment. That's amazing. Um, that is amazing. So there we go. Do you know the, yeah, that, that, every fair time play someone's... to Grandma Mole. <clears throat> she is a performance hatchback enthusiast. I'm. For a seven to eighty-eight rod, I love the fact that she's only got into hot hatches in the last fifteen years, which means she got yeah. into them late. It's like, it's like people, uh, you know, they go, they get to their sort of seventieth birthday and they have a full sleeve tattoo session, <laughs> having had no tats. They're just going to go in hard, yeah. which I quite admire. I, I'm hoping yeah. one day I might do that when I get elderly. Might do something mm. a little bit extreme. Um, oh my! Every time someone mentions um, dreaming a dream, I always think of the audition of um, Subo. What was her name? Sue. Um, oh, Susan Boyle. Susan Boyle on on the X Factor, and I always remember Simon uh, Cowell's face, where his expression goes from just being almost head in hands, just oh, this strange old weird lady to whose delusional is going to come on and trash it. And his, his 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 initial face, eyebrows down, frown. I've realised that face of Simon Cowell looks like the Mark Eight Golf, the front of the Mark Eight Golf. Uh, <laughs> you, yes, if, it does. I'll, I'll get a screen grab of it because I think it's quite Mark Eight Golf, sort of just before Susan Ball blows everyone away. Yeah. And then, but I don't know what his face after he gets blown away. I don't know what car facade. That represents. Well, maybe Mark have one to Twingo. Oh, oh, it could be, couldn't it? It could I'm be. Just that's guessing. A good one. I, I, I sort of. I mean, that's got a very sort of surprised but happy Joy- face. Joyful. It, so. Oh, how about how about yeah. c- current um, current Ford um, Puma? Is it the Puma? Oh yes. It's yeah, got yeah. that's got quite a sort of like mouth flute kind of. Yeah, yeah. It has. Let's have a look at a twenty twenty Puma. Hang on, I'm just gonna. Uh. Can I give you a sort of name drop by proxy story about Susan Boyle? Oh, I'd love you to, Rich. <clears throat> Apart from uh, that infamous hashtag thing, the what was it, Sue's anal bum party hashtag? <laughs> that I didn't think through properly. Um, it is the twenty twenty Puma face. I've just checked. That is. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that Ka- that Cal- car is definitely going. Ah! Ka- Cal um, went from Mark Eight <clears throat> Golf to twenty twenty Puma. Hundred percent. So, um, my sometime colleague TV's Jeremy Clarkson once was at some kind of glittering celebrity thing. It might have been like a shoot, you know, like, like grouse shoot or something, and ended up getting a lift somewhere with rock music's Eric Clapton. Right. And when they got in Eric Clapton's car and he turned it on, now I don't know what car Clapton was driving. I can't remember if Jeremy told me. Let's say it was a Range Rover, and. Um, he turned it on, and the sound that came from the stereo was a Susan Boyle album. Wow. And Jeremy couldn't help but comment on this, and Eric Clapton just went into a big rapture about what a wonderful voice she had and was going, listen to the tone of that, listen to the tone of her voice, it's beautiful. That's just so, yeah, and he was just like raving about what a good voice she had. That's a brilliant story. So um, that's great yeah. added value. Clapton, Eric Clapton loves Subo. to visit Sue's anal bum party. So, um, <laughs> that's <laughs> Kalang, uh, 
Oh, hey, now, actually, speaking of music... Um, <laughs> Would it ever be a non-anal a... bum party? Unless you're talking about American <laughs> tramps. Well, American tramps, yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 or notes that are sung or performed a little flat, perhaps. Ah, the bum notes, of course. So uh, we have a, a message here from uh, Lawrence Majuri. Majuri? I don't, sorry, Lawrence, I don't know how your surname might be pronounced. I'm going to go with Majuri. Um, he says, hi, guys, love the podcasts, and I'm probably not your target audience, being 63. Um, I, well, I Lawrence, you're a, you're a trailblazer, man. Yeah. You know the I rules. I think we have a, I mean, you know. You yeah, know the target rules. audience, really. But anyway, he <clears throat> says, um, I'm a massive Coverdale and Whitesnake fan. We were uh, uh, talking about David Coverdale the other week and yeah. speculating what he drives. Well, Lawrence has intel for us. Uh, he says he lives in Lake Tahoe and drives a very unrock and roll car, a Lexus SUV. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Coverdale lives in Lake Tahoe and drives... Was yeah. it in a, is it in a Lexus? Is it RUV? What do they... The real boring no, SUV. One. Oh, the RX is the sort of... The RX is, was the early hybrid kind of... It looks a bit like a sensible shoe, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and they're sort of okay, but... Actually, they've got nicer. I think they've got nicer as they've got. But it's not. Um, it's not a soft rock vehicle. I it's would not. suggest. Mind you, tell you what they do often have. They have those Mark Levinson stereos, don't they? Oh shit, they do. And they're yeah. really good. So they, maybe they... that's what drew Coverdale in is an absolutely kick-ass factory stereo. Because these days, you buy a new car, you can't just take it to some audio shop and go, "Can you whack some?" You know, a grand's worth of really boss equipment in there. Not when it's, it's still under warranty, I'd suggest. No, and it's, no. yeah, I mean, you're going to just, it's, it's, it's just not. So, so you want something that's from the factory, got a really good stereo. And um, I guess the Lexus do that. And also, you know, they're, it's, they're quiet, aren't they? So you're not getting a lot of mechanical noise that's interfering no. with you. No. With you, you listening back to stuff. Maybe, Maybe you know, just come from the studio, whatever. He's done his, he's done his Corvette. I rock maybe V8 Jag because obviously I think he might have had a thing for Jags or someone in Whitesnake as we pointed out before being mm. they featured in two of the main videos but you can imagine listening to Is This Love on a Mark Levinson in a uh, you'd be rock you'd be fully immersed in the sound but you're in a fundamentally just not disappointing car but just a what I'd call a transportation box of a car mm. it's not you're not going to savour the moment of the drive so much. But maybe Lake Tahoe, it's probably so um, beautiful to look at and so scenic. Mm. You don't need an interesting car. You're just enjoying the view out of the screen. And you know what? It's like often Formula One drivers just aren't that into road cars. No. So maybe it's the same. If you have been in Whitesnake, there's no car can compete with going... Hello, Cleveland! And um, you just got asked, so you no. just get yourself like a nice, quiet, comfy Lexus with a with a really good stereo. And I bet, I bet you, I bet in an RX, I bet the boot's big enough for a double neck guitar, one of those unnecessarily complicated uh, guitars that yeah. I still don't fully understand. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> It's a bit like a two-headed dragon in a fantasy film. You're like, does that make it twice as dangerous? I don't know. I'm not convinced. I just don't think it does. Or they just end up going for the same thing and biting each other by mistake. Yeah, exactly. You'll end up accidentally breathing fire on the other face. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, that was a shit, a shit idea. You twat! 
I've told you about this before. <laughs> All right, fuck's sake. Um, we've had another message from someone called Tim Patterson. Uh, who says, hello, Messrs. Smith and Sniff. David Coverdale was known for liking of Jaguars. Oh, sorry, I've read that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's command of English is better than that. I'll do it again. David Coverdale was known for his liking of Jaguars, and I believe the two Jag XJs in the Here I Go Again video both belong to David. Now, Tim, that's not true, because I looked this up, and um, the white one in the Here I Go Again video, is the is the same car as in the uh, Is This Love Is This video. Love. It's the same car? Same car. That was Coverdale's Jag. Okay. The black one, according to the thing that I read, belonged to the guy who directed those videos. So um, so which one had the girl cartwheeling over it? Was that the white, was that Coverdale's Jag? So presumably... Well, no, because in that video, she's cartwheeling over both of them. They're parked really close to each other. Okay. Like, they're basically where, you know, you couldn't get out of one of them. No. Uh, because of the other. <laughs> <laughs> Contrived Full, 80s uh, video. Airport rental lot parking, you know, when they really cram them in. Um, yes. So, anyway, but Tim says, so I, I believe that's not quite true, Tim, but we'll, he says, uh, he doesn't concede, certainly the white XJ was his, and he still has it. It's been used in another white snake video recently. A third he's, white he's snake video? White Snake, Shut Up and Kiss Me, which is a recent track. And someone else sent some message about this. Yeah, that, that, that white jag, he dug it out of storage. So he's still the got hard it? Rock, yeah. The Hard Rock restaurant chain were planning to buy it from him back in the 80s or 90s, but the deal fell through and David kept the car. I wonder if so. David just kept adding, like, another 10 grand or 30, because he, he had so much <laughs> money and the jag was sentimental. He was just like, do you know what? You're going to have to give me such silly telephone numbers for this car. And you're like, come on, dude. It's, you know, it's a fairly frilly Series 3 XJ. And it's, in a, it's sort of like, you know, home county's wedding car spec. It's not exactly, <laughs> it's not exactly amazing, <laughs> is it? I love the fact that he's still got it. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I love that. You know, the bloke, the, the, the place where I bought my Range Rover, <clears throat> which is a sort of Range Rover specialist up north, um, he, the guy refuses to stock white ones. Does he? Yeah, and I don't even think the Range Rovers look particularly wedding car-y because they're sort of not that kind of thing. But, yeah, he's just like, yeah, he won't touch anything with a body kit or the wrong alloys or a white one. Wow, he so he won't. is quite particular then. I know. I had a, um, I had an epic long weekend in Scotland once with some of, some of our mutual friends in the motoring mag industry but 2003 yes. and we had a white think, Range Rover auto pornography with white wool yeah. carpets oh. white carpet yeah it was just incredibly inappropriate for a lad's oh weekend God. but it was brilliant um loved it yes, that's incredibly <clears throat> inappropriate for everything anyone yeah almost I as mean, bad as the triple white Mercedes <clears throat> S-class convertible that I borrowed would have been two years ago now. What an amazing car. But again, it had white carpets and white seats. And I just refused to let the children in it. In fact, I hardly yeah. drove it. I was too scared. I I, I might have... Even I put some... Andrew Ridgely in the 80s would have balked an all-white. <laughs> yeah, even, even Coverdale would have gone, listen, this is out of hand now. 
How um, do people wear light-coloured clothes? I mean, I don't, I don't have many light-coloured clothes. I have a pair of light-coloured shorts. Do you? Got they're, this. they're not white, but they're like, you know, sort of creamy beige Sand. sort of colour. Sandy. Yeah, a bit sandy. They're probably one of the lightest-coloured things. Certainly the, the lightest-coloured below-the-waist article of clothing that I own. And I've been wearing them this last week or so, on and off, because it's been nice weather. And in the course of that... <laughs> I got I got some mystery orange stain on them and I had to stick them in the wash. I got them out of the wash, I wore them again, I sat on a piece of raspberry that one of my kids oh. had left on the kitchen chairs. And they had to go back in the wash again, emergency wash, because there's a fucking great wet red blotch on my arse. Oh, I just dear. went, this is a nightmare. Within the space of five days, they've had to be in the wash twice. How does... I mean... Like, how did Andrew Ridgely cope in the 80s? He must have been constantly, like, neurotically uh, checking any chair before he sat down in case there was, like, a, a blueberry on it or something. Yeah, he constantly had a bar of vanished gold in the centre console, just in case. He, <laughs> he's just about to turn up, just about to turn up at, a you know, a, a photo shoot or something with George. And then he goes, oh, yeah. bollocks, I've just sat on a tiny little segment of dairy milk and it looks like I've cacked myself. <laughs> so I don't have a got, I've got, can I just pop round the back and um, has anyone got just a bottle of water? I'm just going to quickly vanish yeah. gold the <laughs> seat of my pants. Um, it's, but no one had bottles of water in the 80s, did no. they? No. Well, look, because thankfully there was less single-use plastic. I mean, we did do a lot more landfill and less recycling, admittedly. But, um, and also, when everyone went to the loo on a warm day, it was like country fair honey coming out because <laughs> of the, the levels of dehydration. I mean, I, you know how, I mean, you must do the same as well. You send your kids off to school with a bottle of water, don't you? It's yeah, like, yeah. It's just a thing, and we do the same. And it's, and it's just that's accepted that it would be, you know, tantamount to child cruelty not to, it seems. But yeah. I was thinking about it, I was like, I think when I went to primary school, I don't think a drop of liquid passed my lips potentially all day. And then you just went home and had a big glass of squash. I remember getting home and, and downing, <clears throat> yeah, at least one, if not two pints of cordial. Mm. Uh, would have been that stuff that I really, really sort of signals summer to me. Um, Robinson's bar, lemon barley. Sometimes oh, yeah. with a couple of ice cubes in. Oh, uh, when I used to mow from- lawns for old people, sometimes one of the old ladies would, she'd know it was going to be a hot day, a bit like it is today. And she'd mm. say, I'll go and get you a cold drink. And it would be an old school pint glass with the dimples in and the handle. Yeah. And it would be a massive amount of ice and it would be lime cordial all the way to the top. And it was like, oh, that is the Ooh. best. Like when you're 13, that's beer. That's yeah. basically beer. I love lime cordial. Now, barley water, I don't get barley water. And it's like, why is it like they they sort of muscled in? They're forever associated with Wimbledon and tennis. And you go... I don't think I'd want that sort of slightly odd-tasting drink after I'd played, like, an intense multi-set match against Djokovic. Well, imagine if you did an intense, yeah, Djokovic-spec match, but the idea was is you have to drink neat lemon barley with no diluted, oh, no water. God. So, I mean, the, the, the I viscosity... I think that would make your teeth retract into the gum. <laughs> <it>? like, <laughs> Half, yeah. Halfway. Oh, God. 
Yeah, half. Well, my teeth have gone. Yeah, Djokovic has to have some emergency dental treatment halfway through an intense match. It's like I've, I've appeared to have lost <laughs> some of my teeth. Um, they've all gone. Really Andy sorry. Murray really gritting his teeth there, or he would be if he hadn't swigged half a bottle of neat. Andy Murray's gurning. Water. He's suddenly smiling all of a sudden, like un, in an unlikely scenario. He's had so much sugary, in, intensely undiluted cordial. He's just he's biting and licking his own lips. Oh yeah, I'm gonna fuck. It. I'm gonna do this guy. Yeah, I'm gonna do him. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, I am gonna be. I tell you what would remind me of childhood in some kind of. I would give me a mad Proustian rush. Would be lemon barley water drunk from one of those plastic beakers that somehow smells and taints whatever's in it a little bit with some kind of plasticky sort of. I know the ones. Thing. Yeah, we've got a couple of on a hot day. Yeah, drinking out one of those yeah. with lemon barley water, which I don't particularly want, but it, 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 that would be that's just childhood. It'd be, that is as much childhood as feeling a bit peaky and so having some Lucasade. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to go cordial. I'm definitely going to. I think that's a great idea. Going to go cordial. Maybe leave it in the fridge for half a day. Yeah. Oh, what a great idea! I've got to do some car washing later today to prep for a shoot and. Um, I might crack on with the cordial as well while I'm there. Oh, we're supposed to be reading out letters. Oh, yeah. So here, hey, try this one on for size. Yeah. Um, Chap called Jim Ellis. Now, it's funny because uh, we had that that message from Lawrence who said that he's not target audience because he's in his 60s. Yeah. Uh, Jim uh, says, big fan of the podcast, although being only 26 and a farmer from North Wales. Oh, Jim. I've only fully understood 3% of your pop culture references. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Jim. He's probably now Jim's sitting there going, "What? You didn't go to school with a bottle of water? What the fuck is wrong with you people?" It's like, well, because we're old, Jim. Um, anyway, he says, "At least I now know who Shade is. I think, and what she drives." Um, oh, he kn- now, Jim Jim, knows. But Jim's Shade. got an interesting. This is actually quite a sensible and and interesting point that Jim raises. Long story short, I received a letter from the police informing me I had been caught speeding on the dual carriageway, doing sixty nine miles an hour. This came as a surprise, as I'd seen the police car and had then continued to go the speed limit. I called them to ask how I was speeding if I was going 69 in a 70, but it turns out my VW Amarok counts as a van and the limit is 60 and 50 on a single carriageway. It counts as a van? Yeah, was this something everyone knows or is this a public service well, announcement hang on a minute. fellow hillbillies? Well, hang on, what's it taxed as? Well... Because you could contest this. Because yeah. if it's tax, if it's taxed as a goods vehicle, then yeah, fair cop. But if it's a if it's a passenger vehicle and it's taxed so, then that's wrong, and well, you can contest that. I'm going to guess that Jim is a farmer. He would have he'd have bought it as a commercial vehicle, wouldn't he? Because you know, without without the van. Yeah, actually, yeah, it probably claim, is classed claim as a, claim uh, of course, course. So yeah, but I didn't know that. No, so I. If it's technically a commercial vehicle, the posted speed limit doesn't necessarily apply. Yeah, gosh, I've got a, a cheeky letter from the from one of the old from the old email address from Tim Robson from Teesside. Tim says, mm. "Guys, after hearing of your experience with the very last Saab nine fives, I thought I'd just let you know of the pains of owning one." Oh, I bought I bought one brand new six months before the company went tits up in brackets goodbye warranty. It was as you mentioned quite underdeveloped. Sat nav terribly out of date and not updatable at all. 
cruise control would slow down if you went uphill if you if you have you'd have to keep it in second gear to stop the engine from bogging down at 30 often would fail to recognize the key so you couldn't start the car and frequent error message of service steering lock which was a little bit worrying we had it for Uh. three years and although it never actually broke down specifically i wasn't sad to see it go I do think the Polestar 2 has a very similar outline, though. Cheers, Tim, mm. Teesside. I listen every week whilst doing software and data things on smart motorways. That was in brackets. Well, Tim, thank you for that. Uh, I'm a bit sad that the very last of the Saabs was that disappointing in reality, or, or maybe he just had a particularly ropey one that was di- assembled by disgruntled employees. Um, mm. Sad, though, isn't it? Because I still kind of fantasise yeah. about having one. Do you know what? As well, if it's like that's a, a new one and it, it was glitchy, mm. um, I do wonder what they're like now. If there's anyone out there who's, I mean, there must be people out there. I saw one yeah. the other day actually, a new nine five, and it is a nice looking car. Yeah, new nine five, the yeah. last shape nine five. <clears throat> um, it's a nice looking car, but yeah, you just think, God, is it an absolute nightmare trying to keep one going these days, or, or have people sort of figured out? where to get parts from I don't know I mean if there aren't parts there aren't parts are there? you can't force companies to <laughs> is that AC Delco I insist that you make some servo motors for my <laughs> ventilation system because they are broken um, but they're probably generic a lot of bits are generic and they're going to they be are. GM bits exactly so... I think you, it would be now would be the time to buy one and actually put aside some cash to sort of remedy all the the wrongs and then ultimately mm. you could come out with um, a car that would be so impressive that George Clark from Amazing Spaces would just go up to it, open the door, and it'd just be so short of breath inside the cabin. Just If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. He would be so impressed with it and the eyes would twinkle and that sort of 
quite well-spoken Geordie twang. He would be waxing lyrical <laughs> for hours about the amazing um, Swedish space. I think yeah. that's what I personally think that um, I, I'd be tempted to do that. But I would do a lot amazing of forum-based research. Yeah, George Clark's amazing Swedish spaces uh, is definitely <laughs> a thing. This week, uh, I'd run out of things to do, and because we're not allowed to travel, I'm just in a branch of Ikea. <laughs> It's very spacious, that's for sure. It certainly is very spacious. Uh, and uh, I, I just pretended this is my house. This is amazing. We go in and there's a huge, now, expansive basket with um, f- scented candles in. I don't even like candles, but it looks so good in this particular space. And then as we go off to the left, there's some unnecessarily chaotically patterned curtain fabric. Normally it's not my thing, but in this instance, I'm actually coming around to it. And then (laughs) as I move my way down, I realise that I only came in for four things and I've got 60 things. I've been made to walk 76 kilometres in the opposite direction to where I wanted to go. My Fitbit's having the right strop on with me and I'm (laughs) still trying to film. I always like... I like spaces with a surprise in them, and the surprise here for me is that this display toilet isn't actually plumbed in, and I shouldn't have done a poo in it. <laughs> I always worry how many of those things actually happen, uh, especially with children. Oh, God, I must show I must toilets. I was, I was at some traffic lights in the Kentish Town area of London where there used to be a bathroom showroom right by the lights, e- and I looked across into the window of the bathroom showroom, big display windows along the whole front of the shop, and there was what appeared to be a homeless man sitting with his trousers around his ankles on one of the display loos in the window. You're joking. Really? It was an incredible thing to see, oh, yeah. God. The lights went green, and I drove off before, because I was thinking, God, I could sit here for ages until the staff come over and start. Because <laughs> then, also, because he's, you know, I'm in a car and he's behind windows in a shop, yeah. it would have been like some incredible silent movie oh. to watch the body language of what happened next. But no, I had to move on, and I never got to see the, um, the conclusion. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well... Amazing. Yeah, gosh, that is quite troubling, isn't it? I uh, I've never seen that before. I have seen a homeless man pooing in the street, though. Um, unfortunately, and I remember it vividly because my parents would never pay for a car park. So when we used to go in to Taunton, my mum and dad would always park quite a long way away because it was free, and we were doing a fast walk to get to I don't know. It might have been the cinema. And as we were walking past Iceland. Um, I remember a, 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 a tramp, unfortunately, sort of staggering towards us, but he was undoing his belt as he was staggering towards us. I'll never forget it. As we walked past Iceland, he just dropped to the ground and did a number two. And it was a wow. very busy Saturday lunchtime, so there was no effort. Oh my God. No effort to hide that one. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, sit on, that's 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 sort of my only account really um, of that. But I, unfortunately, I do associate Iceland with that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's I can't I can't unthink it. Unfortunately, and I can't remember what film we were going to watch either, but I do remember my parents not wanting to pay for car parks, so there's my memory mm, of that. Fair enough. I love you, Mum and Dad. Um, I've got a message here from a listener called Eric Gustaf- Gustafsson. Okay. Uh, 
Eric says, Dear Smith and Sniff, a few weeks ago I was having a conversation <clears> with a friend about TVR and what a shame their collapse has been. This led to a fun question. What, without Googling, is the most expensive car you can name with an entirely fibreglass or plastic shell? I'm sure there is a factually correct answer, but we found this thread very enjoyable to ruminate on over alcohol. Keep up the great pod, Ot Sot. Um, uh, um, what, so, so, did you say glass fibre, not not, or just yeah. composites in general, or? Well, it's a, yeah, he says fibreglass or plastic. So, so that's not carbon then. No, well, no. I mean, because carbon's the default expensive car. Yeah, I think he means proper plastic. In which case, I'm going to say Corvette. The uh, yeah, I can't think of what's a Corvette money wise. It's probably not that much money, all things told. Oh, in America, they're like sort of seven quid or something equivalent. Are they? Are they like what triple what a Hot Wheels Corvette is? Yeah. Yeah. they, I mean, that's the thing. They're sort of they're good value, aren't they're they? Brilliant. But they're still quite oh, yeah. expensive. I mean, how many plastic cars are there these days? It's like there's not as many. Not as they fully. Used to be, no, not not full shells. Um, the the era of I would because of course TVR obviously Lotus still I guess. Oh uh, yeah, but what's a high end? What's a high end Lotus these days? Eighty grand. Oh, would it be? It's a good point actually. Yeah, mm. an Exige or an Evora. Still make the Evora, don't they? Yeah, so, yeah, the Evora. Oh, that's a good. But I bet a lot of that's carbon now, isn't it? Or is it? I don't know. I bet the main. I bet the main thing is plastic. We're not allowed to Google it, Richard. It was entirely the point. Oh well, this is it feels like it's a side you. check. It's but yes, you're right. I suppose that is cheating. Um, I would it. see. Did he say car specifically, or did he say vehicle? Oh, because I would go. Uh, I'd go for a mono. He did say car, no, that's but a shame. You, I see where you're going with this. I'd go, go for a, do it anyway. I'd go for a monocoque-bodied motorhome. Um, for, oh, the monocoque style is when they 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 bond two pieces of glass fibre together to make a much more insulative sort of living space. George Clark in the back. And they they were quite expensive. They're, they're more expensive than the sort of ribbed aluminium equivalent. Um, so I would probably go for a monocoque-bodied motorhome of some sort, although at the front end it might still have some steel panels from being a cab of a Fiat Giacato or something. So, um, do you know what? I'm mm. probably talking absolute horse mess. <laughs> I think you should just ignore what I've just said <laughs> and go with a Corvette. Just go with a Corvette. It's a lot easier. <laughs> There's probably something else. I mean, we're not giving this this question uh, a, a great deal of no. thought, but I can't. I struggle to think of anything else if you exclude carbon fibre and your carbon composites, whatever you want to call it. Carbon fablon, pure yeah. old school stinky canoe yeah. spec <laughs> fiberglass. I think it's between the Corvette and possibly some kind of Lotus Evora. But yeah, some, yeah, I don't know. Um, um, well, uh, quick letter from a chap called Thomas Jolly, who is a Patreon. Um, um, and lives in Adelaide in Australia. Uh, hey guys, all the way from Adelaide. Love your show. Really enjoying reading through the exclusive show notes. Your show's meant a lot to me over the last year. Unfortunately, I suffered an electrocution at work. Spent four months in bed with severe PTSD. My word. Sorry to hear that. I needed a distraction and I found your dulcet tones the perfect tonic. I'm slowly getting back to my feet and I've just got a job as a taxi driver, which will be a big change of speed from engineering, but I'm looking forward to it. The question I have for you is this. My girlfriend, Helen, has a terrarium business. Gosh, she's, I love terrariums. 
I must talk to this this lady. And I think we need a second-hand van for market days. I wondered if you had any suggestions for a good second-hand van. Keep up the great work. Can't wait for the next instalment. Cheers, Thomas. Well, thanks mm. the thanks for the, the Patreon um, support, Thomas. I'm really sorry to yeah, hear about your your accident at work. Now, yeah, it does it sound glad to hear you on the mend. A, I hope you have a cool um, taxi. B, yeah, Helen needs a van for terrariums. Uh, now, I, is that going to need to be a big van or? I'm going to say no. no I'm going to say average sized, sort of transit sized, unless the business suddenly goes crazy. Terrariums are um, like bo- bottled um, gardens, aren't they? Victorian style. Mm. They're brilliant. I think I might have already talked in a previous podcast about them i'm quite into them um i'm i'm trying i don't exactly know what vans are in australia compared to the uk do you know i might might be tempted to go that 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 toyota pro ace that that new toyota van looks brilliant i believe it drives really well so i'd put that up there as being a worthy contender Um, i always pronounce the name of that van i know it's wrong but i always pretend that i'm italian and call it the proacce do you yeah, not obviously not you you know, absolutely. in this company because I'd sound like a tit. I just going to say you sound like a complete meat yeah. whistle. And also the Hayache. Oh, the Hayache. There was a Taunache. Hayache. That's. Taunache. Hayache sounds like, um, like you say, um, a sort of Japanese um, ceremonial shout at the start of a sporting event. Hayache! 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 And you're standing there going, I don't know what any of this means, but it sounds great. It sounds good, yeah. I think. Actually, you're right. Yeah, it's not even being Italian, is it? It's just maybe it's just. It is Japanese, but just Japanese, you have to exclaim um, it. They, they herald different phases of a sporting endeavour that yeah. you don't understand. Yeah. I think um, so. I'm going to go with that, but I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's any sort of slightly different Fords, Folds. Well, I mean, it's the, the temptation as an outsider to Australia is just to go. Well, what are you, what are you messing around for? Just get a Maloo. But I have a feeling that the um, the terrariums but, might get nicked out of the back if you don't have a cover on your pickup bed. Or and also, all smashed when you yeah, get all there. Smashed <laughs> would be the other one. They're glass, aren't they? So, <laughs> yeah, just, oh, wait, do you know what? Let's say this. That's a great, like, great shout. Let's go Maloo. And you know that you can buy um, large s- segments of foam that you cut out into specific shapes for camera equipment yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, like in yeah in flight cases. Yeah. yeah. What about if you just invested in quite a large quantity of of sculptable foam that you cut all mm-hmm. the bits out of, and you had a load of terrariums inside a nice foam dome in the back of yeah. a Malou, and it would look interesting. So it could act as a bit mm. of PR. Get some sign writing on the doors. Before you know it, you've got yourself a hot rod pickup that does sort of deliver stuff to market, but also it's a bit of a hellraiser. Um, Actually, thinking about this as well, in Australia, I've seen certainly Ford Falcon utes with a sort of van back on them, you know, a truckman top thing like you used to, uh, to get yeah. P100s. Yeah. So if you could get one of those for a Maloo... With, with a lot get, of foam, get a Falcon for some kind of V eight power Falcon. I mean, again, we're, we're being impractical and we irritating. Are. Here we are so, I'm sorry. Sure they're Thomas. not actually useful terrarium transport yeah. vans, but um, our knowledge of the Australian van market is shit. So um, <laughs> <clears throat> I'd go with that. 
Yeah, let's or, uh, yeah, let's do that. Proacho, proacho, proacho. Hi, Just a really, really quick email here from uh, someone who's just uh, emails just Urban Venture, a bit mysterious. Um, just says that uh, talking as we were about Dodgems, hmm. uh, yeah. the Dodgems on Coney Island in New York have the best sound system in New York City because they were done by the same guy that did the sound system in Studio 54 and the Paradise Garage. Is that true? Yeah, legendary sound designer Richard Long. He sent a link, which I'll stick on the um, Patreon show notes page so people can have a look. New York City's best sound system is... uh, My word, I... Dodgems. I need to... I've never been to Coney Island, and I absolutely love Dodgems, and I've got so much time for disco music, so... The same guy that did the Studio Fifty Four sound system doing dodgems on a, on a seaside area it's of New amazing, York. I think. Well, can we go there? Can we can we save up and go, Rich? To Coney Island. Yeah, but just Coney just, Island, baby. just for the dodgems. Yeah, and the people watching, obviously. Yeah. Well, I know. Can you imagine? Oh, it'd be amazing. People watching there. I bet it'd be amazing. Oh, I bet it. And we can have some really good. I bet the hot dogs are good. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, uh, and Tony, would there be constant arguments about who does the best pizza in New York? Oh God, always! But then they, and they keep referring to pizza as pie for some inexplicable do they? reason. Though, <laughs> yeah, pie? Do Americans, sorry. Americans always go on about oh, that's a good pie, and they mean the pizza. It's I just don't. When the moon hits your eye, like a big pizza pie. Oh, that's, that's amore. Uh, bollocks to that. The Toyota Amore, great van. Um, <laughs> chap called Tony Coles has sent us a. Uh, 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 he's he's. Sp- banged us to rights on something we talked about a while back oh no he says dear smith and porter uh, his email is entitled vocoders a savage injustice <laughs> so you know where this oh, is i'm with him already vocoders and things. yeah he says if it sounds like mr blue sky it's a vocoder if it sounds like daft punk it's a talk box if it sounds like share or Victoria Beckham in the seminal UK garage slash pop crossover hit "Out of Your Mind" featuring Dane Bowers. Oh yes, I do. It's Auto Tune. Okay, so and he's underlined Auto Tune and put it in bold I, and italics. He's basically hit all of the options on that one. So I think, or I'm probably going to say the Auto Tune is my most annoying out of those mm. because that mm. song by Cher is it just undoes any good vocal work she's ever done in the past unfortunately so it's a deal breaker for me Um, Uh, Tony continues please stop tarring vocoders with auto-tunes brush vocoders (laughs) are delightful melodic magical things that can also sound like OG Cylons from Battlestar Galactica OG Cylons this is akin to complaining about exhaust note of a Ferrari F12 and saying it must be down to its V6 turbo diesel oh Okay. Fondest warm regards, Tony. I, I don't know if Tony works in the music industry, but he's certainly quite passionate about defending vocoders, and, and we respect you for that, Tony. Thank you for your oh, message. Well, I'm, yeah, thank you for clearing that up, because I'm glad. I, I've always been... I knew there was a grey area. Um, there's some overlap with some of these, but that's good to know. Mm. Oh, I had a quick email from a chap called Harry Bridges, who's um, who said that the correct spelling of Ford, fold, folds... Uh, I think he's got the definitive spelling. It's F O U G H W A D. Forward. Oh, Forwards. Forward. And he's put Hi Smith and Sniff. Whilst driving along the M- M4 listening to Johnny's Frankfurt Fiasco uh, podcast, I saw a Ford Focus, sadly not a very sporty trim one. 
with the door mm. seal half off and sticking out of the door jamb. This got me thinking that I must have seen tens of Fords with the same door seal broken over the years, and I couldn't think of a more obvious slash common fault that would drive me insane on that side of things. Don't don't <laughs> know if I, I can think of a more common fault that you'd find impossible to ignore. Yeah, the, the sort of the door seal failure flap, so it looks like someone's caught a dress or a cable in the door. Yeah, um, that is annoying. It's the same as the Mondeo flapping rear bumper that waggles along at yes. certain motorway speeds, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that that era of Mondeo, it's like there's not a single one left that hasn't got a load of gaff slapped onto those bumpers. No, they're, they're extraordinary, aren't they? They're just like they must have never wind tested them. No, or done it but for then, twelve seconds and then just quickly wheeled it. Now, out. somebody, I think somebody sent us a message about this, and I'm afraid I can't find it at this short notice. But uh, about. Um, Certain voxels, I think particularly these recent-ish insignias, like last-shape insignias, that the voxel badge always falls off the grill to reveal oh, the, the opal outline of the where the opal badge would be in other countries. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that on a couple of it insignias. Happens a lot, and, it's, and someone sent us a message about it, and then and I went, oh yeah, that's a good point, and then sort of walked outside to go take the dog for a walk, and literally just saw one in exactly that condition. It's it was spooky. Um, there's that. Also, uh, K12 micros yes. always seem to get a sort of socking great dent in the bumpers. What? What's that for? Well, you know, they just the bumpers get dented, and obviously there's some characteristic of those bumpers. They get this sort of dent. There's, there's a big sort of hemisphere yes. in the bumpers. Uh, they, they're all like that. So you, is that one of the ones where you can wave a hairdryer over it and it'll pop back out? Or... Well, have you ever tried to do that? You've got to be very careful. Very. Um, I've got very a message careful. here from Adrian Graham. Now, Adrian is in Australia. I know this because, one, his email address ends in .au, and two, because he starts his message with G'day, gents. Um, I, I love that. A clue there. Um, Graham heard our podcast in which I was talking about my game of swapping the word heart for the word Saab in song lyrics. That took off on social media, Rich. That took off. Yeah. Yeah, people people were, were game for that one. But that was an album uh, growing for says, me. I have to say, at first I wasn't sure, but as as things went on and more and more clever uh, examples came out of the woodwork, <laughs> I started to lull quite a lot yeah. in my own time. <laughs> Not on work time. Oh, this is a this is a no no time. no. I clocked off. Lull. I, I <laughs> yeah, it's clocked off. <laughs> From the Smith and Sniff Mill. Yeah. Um, Graham says, in the same vein as swapping Saab for Heart in song titles, I for years have swapped Knob for Love. Knob? <laughs> yeah. Graham, this isn't a sophisticated game. You see, the, the whole thing with Saab and Heart is that they broadly, they half rhyme, they have the same sound in the middle. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have to explain that to you. You know that. But, but you're, you've just gone fucking Hang on a minute. So what? Two words that don't Frank sound Frankie goes to Hollywood, the power of knob. Yes. Well, he's um, he's given us some examples. He says, this all started when I was in high school and the very impressionable Wendy James from Transvision Vamp screamed out, I don't want your money, honey, I want your love. Brackets, knob. As you can Stop imagine, it. this then evolved into a game which has lasted over 30 years, spawning such classics as U2's Everlasting Knob, <laughs> Tina Turner's What's Knob Got to Do With It, uh, Huey Lewis or Celine Dion with The Power of Knob, and, of course, Phil Collins' You Can't Hurry Knob. 
You can't. Uh, to this day, I still get random messages from friends with obscure knob songs. So, um, what about Hot Knob by Mark Boland and T Rex? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I actually experienced a bit of that a few days ago. I let, um, had the Dodge out on the drive all day with its black vinyl interior. Got in with some shorts yeah. on. Absolutely cooked. Yeah. Cooked myself. Could have very easily caused some burning, some, burning knob. Yeah, it um, was. Burning knob. Um, I'm trying to think of any now. Um, oh, hang on a minute. I'll do anything for knob, but I won't do that. <laughs> oh, coming back to it, coming back to your Saab analogy, replacing the Saab. What about the band called Heart would just be called yeah. Saab? Saab, I know. <laughs> which is a better. Yeah, they've got a. a they, they, I've realised they did some good tunes. Heart did. They did a track called Barracuda. How can I leave you alone? Oh yeah, that song. That, that was power. That was the most alone powerful ballad. Power. That's the Hemi equivalent of a ballad. If, I if, think if, if you listen carefully in that track, you can hear as a supercharger whining in the background. It's got that kind of sort of meaty, talky delivery. That song has it a talky song. It has it's a it lot has. of lot of talk. She's from, from the off. Oh, she's boom, yeah. She her voice boom. is like an Eton. She's got like a, an Eton style supercharger. It just goes up and up and yeah. just maintains such p- talk and power. I want to know what knob is. <laughs> Stop. I realise, I, I think I was calling our, our listener Graham. His name is actually Adrian. It's Adrian Graham. Oh. He's, he's, he's unfortunately, he's got two first names for his full name. He, um, he's the opposite of Harrison Ford. But... Um, uh, Adrian, sorry, I was calling you Graham. There. Uh, oh, hang on. Would it, so. Harrison, <laughs> fo- would it be Harrison? Would it be Harrison forward, forward, forward? Did we not? Have we not talked about this? How Harrison Ford just sounds like a sort of provincial dealership. I think there is a Harrison Ford dealer. It's not that one near you, is it? Yeah, it is. It's T C Harrison. Uh, yeah, our local our local Ford dealer is called T C Harrison. So it's T C Harrison forward, uh, forward, forwards. Oh, dear. Anyway, well, thank you, Adrian, because you've basically um, ensured that the rest of my life I will now be replacing the words love with the word knob. Well, will you? Sure will you, though? Will too, so, yeah, because, I, well, I do the other... I mean, I do the heart and arse one still and, and all that, you know. The total eclipse of the arse, yeah. You, total eclipse of the arse, yeah. yeah I is, might uh, try the knob one just today. Okay, fair enough. Um, look, we should we should wrap this up because, um, but but we well as usual we haven't done as many emails as we of course we, we would, but that's all part of the course. fun and games. I think it's been productive and even a little informative uh, at times, thanks to some of our, our listeners. Uh, so if you have got anything you want to um, tell us, hello at smithandsniff.com is one of the ways you can contact us. Or if you're a patron, you can do it through our Patreon page. And uh, at some point, we'll just do messages from Patreon so that you feel like you're getting something for your money. But thank yeah, you we will. Time for contributing. Um, before we go, I've got three things to tell you. They are, one, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Late Break Show. It's on YouTube. It's got lots of good videos on it. Go and watch them, please. Please. Um Two, I've got books out. I'll promote a different one this week. Uh, uh, and on that bombshell is my book about working on Top Gear between 2002 and 2015. It's available in bookshops and probably charity shops by now as well for a few years. So, <laughs> it's a good um, book. You know, if you want to, if you want to pay a quid for it, go down to your local charity. Don't, don't say that. You're just you're immediately dumbing oh, yeah, down. I don't get royalties no, for that. Yeah, go on, buy it properly from a flu. proper shop. Support your local independent bookshop 
um, by doing, order it with your correct number, yeah. the IBAN number or whatever yeah. it is. I can't remember yeah. the number. No, that's banking. Oh, uh, yeah. I hate the IBAN number. It's crap. It's too long. Yeah, I know. It's a pain in the ass, isn't it? ISBN number. Or just ask for and on that bombshell by Richard Porter. Uh, and the third thing that I have to tell you is that the Russian generic word for train station is Vauxhall. Is it? It is. And it's because of Vauxhall in uh, London and Vauxhall in London gets its name from Vauxhall, or from the same place, sort of. Uh, the Vauxhall cars get their name from. Oh. It's all related. It's weird. we'll have to think but, yeah, of replacing um, a lyric with Vauxhall for the next podcast, won't we? Um, I'll, I'll, again, I'll put a link up in the Patreon because it's a really long story. But basically, uh, some people from Britain uh, built a copy of the Pleasure Gardens at Vauxhall in London in Russia, and it had a station. And people started referring to this. The station was called Vauxhall, and people just started referring to all stations as Vauxhall, spelled V-O-K-Z-A-L, but but derived from the way we would spell it. And that is why, to this day, Russians call stations Vauxhall. If you are Russian and you've you've got something to tell me about how that's actually bollocks, and I should do more research, then please do write in. But I've, I did look this up, and it seems to be true. That's great. Um, Coincidentally, so I, I have a brand new Russian car on my drive that I'm filming with for, hey, for the late break show tomorrow. What? 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 Yes, what? brand new, brand new Russian car. Neither. Brand new, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I didn't want to say it, but I've I've let it out the bag. It's it's brand, oh, it's brand new, but still looks 1983. It's impossible for the mind to actually imagine smells, <clears> but at the same time, I can sort of imagine how that car will smell. Is it sort of rubbery? Oh, it's so rich. It's so rubbery. It smells like safety mm. shoes, like a warehouse full of <laughs> art, military safety shoes when you when you open the door. It's just brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, and oh, it's been out in direct oh, sunlight as well, isn't it? Oh, it's so the rub is so hot. A brand new old school Russian car on a hot day my god oh so tomorrow good. I'm filming it tomorrow I think it's going to be the hottest day of the year quickly followed by thunderstorms so it's just going to be hot rubber all day <laughs> long baby <laughs> do you know what? I'm, I've decided I'm going to drive it at every everywhere I drive it I'm going to sing Rasputin at the top of my voice because I'm getting on board with the TikTok generation and apparently TikTokers only listen to Boney M at the moment. Oh, hang so. on. Ra Ra Rasputin, Russia's greatest knob machine. Yeah, there, there we go. There we go. He was. He was just a serial penetrator, wasn't he? I think so. I think he sort of claimed to be a man of the cloth, but actually he was a man of the... of that... That thing you just talked about. <laughs> right, well, anyway, thank you ever so much for listening. Thank you for your massages and, uh, and just generally being being on board with this yeah thank you everyone for listening um, we'll do this all again same time next week until then thanks ever so much goodbye bye bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.